The Soccer Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Price Picks. Go to pricepicks.com slash SGPN and use code SGPN for a first deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And finally, we're also brought to you by the MMA Gambling Podcast, who have just launched their YouTube channel. To celebrate, we're giving away a MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash MMA hoodie for all the details. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash MMA hoodie for all the details. Walkers appear, Foden, away by Nana, and Haaland couldn't take it in. The pass from Rodri is absolutely brilliant. And he's just free Phil Foden. It's a strange save. Oh, push up in the air, shall we say, from Anana. Alvarez plays it in, Diaz was attacking it. Dallow was attentively close to him. Guardiola got a little piece of it. Rodri wants, he's adamant that he's being pulled back by Hoyland. He's not going to get away with it, Hoyland. He has lost his man, he has wrapped his arm around him, and he's going to pay for it. And I think when you see, he probably didn't have to do it, to be honest with him, mate. There's a player at the back press who would have cleared the ball. Yeah, it's a penalty. Penalty given. Phil Folden in the middle. 
brilliant pass. We are going to very quickly listen to the reactions of Roy Keane and Gary Neville reacting to that absolute fucking shit show. Absolute embarrassment. Players downing tools, putting in absolutely zero effort. I've seen teams give Manchester City a much, much better game than that this season. Teams of less quality, teams that have spent less money, teams that are not expected to do anything this season who have pushed Manchester City right to the edge. I'm talking about teams like Sheffield United who needed to be beaten in injury time, who sat back and implemented a defensive low block and were more difficult to break down than United were, who just bent over in not only a Manchester derby, but in a game where they were paying tribute to Bobby Chatton, an absolute fucking disgrace. And I'm going to get the reactions of Keane and Neville on the show. You're, of course, listening to Bet MUFC, a show dedicated to solely to a team who don't deserve to have their own fucking show. You can follow Bet MUFC on X at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And my other X account is at LockBangX. That's at LockBangX. That's the account where I post my monthly PL every single month. The PL for the previous month is always the pin tweet. At the moment, you can see the month of September. That will be replaced by the month of October, which was the 100 125th month in a row of transparent and tracked profit. If you want to do further research and find those old spreadsheets, you don't need to go down the X account. You can simply go to lockbetting.com and you can see how and why we are tracked and transparent. And when you look at spreadsheets, don't just look at the totals because I can guarantee you every single one of them shows a profit. Have a look how we get there. We get there with impeccable bankroll management. We don't chase losses with even bigger plays. We don't put out stupid five unit plays or maxes or whales or play of the year nonsense for 100 units or whatever garbage those guys are doing on gambling Twitter. It's all sensible bankroll management. It makes betting accessible for anybody with a disposable income. If you don't have a disposable income, don't bet because betting isn't going to solve your issues. It's not going to get you out of debt or anything like that. But it can be a profitable hobby, which is what I make sports betting for my clients. If you want more information, just shoot me a uh, DM on that X account at LockBankX. That's at LockBankX. If you do want to sign up, you can just do that over at LockBetting.com. If you want um, discounts on Gumroad, we also offer the plays via Gumroad, then you can hit me up for those discounts also on that X account I just mentioned. I will be posting the spreadsheet for October in the next seven to 10 days. I will be replacing that spreadsheet. I just want to get through this weekend first because it's a big weekend in the NFL, big weekend for soccer. We're coming to the end of the baseball season. We've just started the basketball season. We have Carabao Cup games to cover as well. So it's a hectic time, but I'll get to relax on Monday and everybody's attention can be on the new spreadsheet. So at the moment, we turn our attention back to Manchester United and we will readdress that shit show in the Manchester derby. And before we do that, let's hear the thoughts of Gary Neville and Roy Keane. The bigger problem I'd have with Eric Ten Hag than the other managers is that when you had sort of Jose and Louis van Gaal, they still played their way, but the supporters didn't like it. It wasn't Manchester United's way. Ollie came in, obviously wasn't 
a top level manager. This guy's coming from Ajax. And because of that football club, you, you, you'd automatically associate that with playing a certain style of football. You can, you know, you can see those repeated patterns throughout a game. That's the bigger worry for me because of Eric Ten Hag and what his past has been. That the performance are as bad as they are. I mean, it's really shocking you when you sort of see them trying to build up from the back play through midfield and you see the other top teams do that they're a million miles away from it there was a time a few years ago where I thought to be fair there was some pretty poor characters in the dressing room that were here for basically the paycheck and, and just using the club I don't think we've got that in this changing room at all to be honest with you at Manchester United I, the sad thing is about this group is I think actually probably the really good lads who want to do well but when I see videos of Matt Tomney like on social media about four or five weeks ago and fans are accusing him of not running back he looked, that's just the weight of the world on his Shoulders. That's not a lack of effort. That I know you. I know you disagree with me on this, Roy. But the, honestly, when you when you are in a sort of a heavy legged world, the world's on your shoulders. The pressure of the club and the scale of it. That's what I think these players are suffering from. Not through any lack of effort that's or desire. Package, Gary. That's I know. Package, I know. Said, listen, we got to stick when we for Man United. You remember we played tricks in you. We, we we used to get to stick and we were winning stuff. So that's part of the package of playing for Man United. That, that courage, that bravery, wanting the ball when you don't want it. I didn't see that. I'm not saying these are a bad group of players, but don't go down the road. They're all great lads either. You love that one as well. All, everyone's a great lad. But what we saw in the yeah, second half, we're talking about even when, when United were getting pulled all over the place. I'm still looking for one or two senior players to start pulling people back in. I don't... People, Maguire at the back, Johnny Evans, the two centre-halves, for example, two experienced players, played hundreds and hundreds of games, experienced international players. So when United were getting run ragged, even for the second, just sit in. I, I, I don't understand that bit where you just go and get lads in and go, listen, for the next five, ten minutes, we need to sit in. United done, they set in pretty well in the first half, where they're pretty solid, OK, they weren't really a trek going forward. But where's that experience from these so-called characters of these experienced players? He sat in in the first half and it looks like Eric Tanar's gone in at half-time and thought the way forward in this match was to be more attacking and go for it a little bit. Well, he gambled and, too early. Yeah, and I don't think anybody in the stadium thought that was the right thing to do. The thing to do was to stay in the game at 1-0 probably with 15 minutes to go, 10 minutes to go, and then maybe have a little pop at them like they did last year. They scored in the 78th minute last year in the 82nd minute. So I think for me, he went too early, went opened his midfield up and then got exposed. And at half-time when I saw that substitution, I thought, is he injured Amrabat I'm sort of like he must be injured because he can't come off he wasn't brilliant for staff don't get me wrong but him in there potentially alongside Matt Tomney with maybe Bruno coming off the wing in, off the wing into the midfield that would have been still as solid and I thought we still would have been okay but as soon as Matt Tomney went in there alongside Eric I just thought it, it just looked and Matt Tomney then started having to get the ball off his back four which he's already been told he's not good enough to do that because Eric Tenag wanted rid of him in the summer where Matt Tomney has got some freedom in the last few weeks is that he's just left him up front being almost like a centre forward and going running into the box and he's done alright but a lot he's of times we've said recently but United and not just against Man City sit in and play on the counter attack it's as if Man United are they're so far playing the other teams they're happy to, just to sit in yeah. you still expect more from Manchester United it is Man City Man City are a brilliant team another level up but you're still Man United you still have to stick your chest up and go listen we, we, we'll try and take you on one way or the other Instead, they just got weaker and weaker. Again, the big, the big worry for me today is physically United looks so off it, particularly second half. And I know we've had many conversations when you're up against Man City, they do tie out and you pull you left and right. But that's where you have your experienced players say, let's sit in, let's be solid for the next few minutes. And yeah, we can have a go. But when we do get it, we talk about the great players at Man United, show that courage when you're in possession. Instead of giving away cheaply, we talk about the captaincy again today, even Rashford. Body language from a player from Man United at home in a derby game. That, that, that back four that started today, I think, was... I mean, Dallo was brought in by Jose Marino, was he not? Was he? Yeah. yeah? I mean, Lindelof was brought in by Jose Marino, wasn't he? 
Well, this is this is you the know, issue. Th that, but they've all been brought in by somebody. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is, that's not about. That, they're brought in by none, different none managers. Of those, none of those players. Play we're, we're still watching the same players that we've actually already previously three years ago, like Martial up front. We're still watching the same players that four years ago we thought weren't good enough. Then we're still watching them play. But also, I want to get back to Ten Hag. That's also his job as a manager. People always talk about your signings. I get that. Who's he actually improved? Who was already here? Roy's right, when you come into a club, you know, there's going to be different players signed by different people. A manager's job is to come in and improve a lot of those players. Yeah, just have a sip of water and take, oh, and take, down, a, take a moment. Don't throw it oh, at yourself. It's not water. But look, Gary makes the point about Ten Hag, is that changing it wouldn't necessarily fix oh, what, what's wrong at Man United. No, Are you, do, would you be in agreement with what, that? 70-odd games as a manager? Yeah. No, I'll... I'll argue all day about obviously trying to defend managers. He's got to be given more time. Definitely. It's like we're defending Ollie again here, isn't it? I'd 75 Definitely. games. But the problem is for the managers, I think he still wouldn't have a clue what his best starting team is. Okay, he's got injuries, but I'd say his head is spinning with the problems he got at Man United. Where do you start? Where do you finish from the goalkeeper? The Maguire situation. Johnny Evans is playing tonight. They don't score enough goals. Defensively, physically, they look all over the place. Oh, he having a sleepless night tonight. I think anyone who's passionate about this club would have had a sleepless night after that. But we will readdress it shortly because there are more things I want to say about that performance before we do move on to looking at the game against Newcastle. Before we do all of that, let me take a quick pause here to tell you guys about price picks. Price picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play it during the NBA season as well. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey can be combined together for a total of 10.5. So a combo of 10.5 which could be three points made and reception. So you'd want LeBron to contribute with the three points made and Kelsey with the reception. So if you took the over, let's say LeBron made three three-pointers and Kelsey made eight receptions, that would be a winning play. You want to play alongside some of Price Pick's favourite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in Price Picks community each week. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so your entries can stay in and play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. If you want to get involved, this sounds good to you. Head over to pricepicks.com slash SGPN and use the code SGPN for your first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash SGPN and the code SGPN. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
Let me also utilise this pause to tell you guys about the MMA Gambling Podcast contest. The MMA Gambling Podcast just launched their YouTube channel. In honour, we're giving away a MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie to one lucky winner. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash MMA hoodie to submit your entry today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash MMA hoodie to submit your entry today. And make sure to subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Obviously, it's ended up being a bad day. But if we start at the beginning, were the first five, ten minutes actually exactly what you wanted? I think first half, we played very well. Uh, let's say the game plan went on how we wanted. And we defended very good, uh, closing the spaces, uh, getting into the press, keeping, uh, get, uh, keeping away from the own goal. And they almost didn't create uh, one big save from Andre in that start. But I think on that point already we had our opportunities uh, on two, three great breaks. And uh, just uh, we had to take benefit from it. Yeah, is that a familiar tale this season? Cr- winning those regains, creating those transitions, but not making enough of them? No, that's, that's true. Now we have to take more from it. But, yeah, then, but then also uh, the penalty is changing the game. Okay. What did you think of that penalty? I don't have a comment on that. Okay, so, but is it Hoyland's mistake? Does he lose his man? Or is that one that if we gave all of those from a free kick and corner, we'd be giving two or three penalties every match? I don't have a comment. Um, so, uh, uh, game plan, first half we were very disciplined. And then you see how successful you can be. But second half we make there on the second goal, uh, we make a mistake. Uh, we make a wrong decision by going up to the keeper in the wrong moment and uh, not uh, recover uh, quick and then uh, they get into the game uh, they get uh, power in the midfield uh, they can switch the play uh, players coming in wrong positions and they make a great goal but it started with us by making a wrong decision not any more shape and, and then they will outplay it so in hindsight do you regret that half-time substitution? Uh, you can't say that uh, because they, you, we had to, <laughs> because we, we had to create, and because we are losing the game, and you can then wait, uh, clear. Uh, but also when you have Mason Mount on the bench, uh, you can expect some creativity. You made a, a couple of changes later on in the second half as well. Booze when Rasmus Hoyland was taken off. Can you explain that decision for us? Ah, Rasmus Hoyland is playing every game. <laughs> He's not used to it. And against the City, uh, the front players have to work very hard to get the press on. So you have to protect uh, those players then as well. And uh, for the team, you have to protect them as well to bring new energy on the pitch. So you were happy first five, ten minutes. Happy actually first half, but, but really disappointed with the control they took of the game second half? No, you can't. You can't say that like this, <laughs> because you um, the game plan uh, was good, uh, and but it's changing the game, and then you are losing, and uh, then you have to act uh, as a manager. Uh, you have to, uh, especially when you have a bench, then you have to use your bench, and you bring more offensive power uh, on the pitch. Okay, ten games in, Eric Premier League, over a quarter of the way through the season. You've lost half of those Premier League games. Why has it been such a difficult start to this campaign? Yeah, but last year we were in the same situation. Um, also after the game City, 
and I suppose was it 15 months in the job the job is catch Man City in terms of points but also in terms of style do you feel closer to Manchester City than you were when you began the job so uh, I think once again well, we played now three times this year against City <laughs> and, and, and we played in all those games very good um, do you think today was very good first half <laughs> was good and from uh, we make them very difficult and uh, the chances were similar and then yeah, they got the first goal and then second half uh, yeah that was not the way we have to act uh, also I can accept that but I think if you see obviously all th- three games uh, we played very well against them okay. thank you You're thank you problem. thank you there's a lot of these influencers who pretend to support Manchester United or have casually supported Man United and now see an opportunity to grow their social media following by pretending that they're more involved with Man United than they are, who want him to get the sack. There's these hot takers, these these people whose opinions I don't respect, all wanting Eric Ten Hag to get the sack because obviously that's going to solve our problems because it solved our problems when we sacked David Moyes and Lou Van Gaal and and not Jose Mourinho and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and we didn't listen to Ralph Ragnick. That has never solved anything. And I don't believe that after 10 games you become a bad manager. This is a man who took us from absolutely out of nowhere. We're at our lowest low in the the season where Ralph Ragnick took over from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We finished sixth in the league. Ronaldo basically carried us without his goals, I believe. We would have finished 12th in the league. And that was as low as Manchester United have been since Alex Ferguson left. And he picked us up from that point, picked us up from a 4-0 defeat against Brentford wasn't able to play the way he wanted to play, but showed what a great manager he was and got us back into the Champions League. He's already performed a minor miracle by doing that from where Manchester United were. He also got us into two cup finals, won one of them. The problem is, is that going into that cup final, we had a 72% win rate. And since winning the cup, we suddenly have a 55% win rate, which is absolutely unacceptable. If these players who are supposed to be Manchester United players who are playing with the same shirt on, playing for the same badge as the likes of George Best, Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law, Ryan Giggs, Eric Cantona, David Beckham, Roy Keane, Cristiano Ronaldo, Pete Schmeichel. If these are the same players who are playing for the same team as them and they're satisfied with winning the Carabao Cup, then they're all a fucking disgrace. And they are a disgrace. A lot of these players are a disgrace and they cannot be able to continue to get manager after manager after manager sacked just because they feel like they've made it because they've got to Manchester United, because they're getting those big wages, because they have that celebrity status worldwide and are celebrated in Manchester United. But I'm sick of seeing these players come in and us instantly us instantly certifying them as superstars. We saw that with Rasmus Hoyland already as soon as he came in. Fans already cementing him as the next second coming before he's done anything as the um, as the as the new version of Erling Haaland when he doesn't have anywhere near the stats that Haaland had even before he moved to Dortmund even before Haaland moved to Dortmund he was scoring goals for for Salzburg and then he solidified himself at Dortmund which was actually a player that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wanted before he went to Dortmund and he wasn't able to make that signing and then obviously now he's killing it with Manchester City but Erling Haaland's always been more pro- 
prolific than Rasmus Hoyland, but our supporters are ready to just anoint these players immediately. These players, a lot of them, aren't fit to wear the shirt. And just because Marcus Rashford had one good season doesn't mean that he goes into the same conversations as the likes of Jude Bellingham and Kylian Mbappe. Marcus Rashford is one of the most inconsistent players in world football. He's far more inconsistent than Bukayo Saka, who has far more upside and a far brighter future than Rashford who plays well 25% of the time. He's been more he's been more bad than he's been good over the past 3-4 seasons and the fact that this asshole decided to go to China White to celebrate his birthday after a 3-0 defeat in the derby is an absolute fucking disgrace and he should be dropped for a long period of time not only because he's playing shit but because his behavior is disgraceful and the type of character that we need to get out of the club. It just stinks of Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba and now Marcus Rashford is behaving that way, yet he's forgiven because as a publicity stunt, he decided that he was going to feed children um, to further his own status and career. So that that's that's my feelings towards Marcus Rashford. I don't want to see him in the team. He's playing absolutely appallingly. He's selfish. He's going for the glory. There's actually a whole video out there that states that um, he was playing a lot better and he plays a lot better when he's with his on-off girlfriend and when he's not and he's trying to go out there and bang supermodels and he's partying, we get this fucking shitty version of Marcus Rashford that can't make any sort of correct decision on the pitch. He's a fucking disgrace and Marcus Rashford has to look himself in the mirror as to why he hasn't improved his game and has had one good season in the last five years because Marcus Rashford was supposed to be the future of Manchester United. And if he is, well, the future of Manchester United is exactly how it looks at the moment. An inconsistent team who might pip a trophy here and there, might get into the Champions League now and then. And that seems good enough for these players. It certainly seems good enough for someone like Marcus Rashford. As long as he can get his big fat contract, as long as he can score a decent goal or a weldy goal that gets people off their feet and believing in Rashford again, as long as he can continue to buy himself time and con people into thinking that he is a top player, then that's good enough for Marcus Rashford. I think he needs a break out of the team. I think that we should be going with Garnacho. We should be giving him a, a little run in the team to see what he can do. But at the same time, I, I see pictures posted in social media of Garnacho dressing up for, for Halloween. We just lost a fucking derby. Why are you posting that on social media? If you're doing it for your wife and your kid, but your kid's a few, mo- a few months old or a few weeks old even. So how would that be for him? You're just doing it for social media likes, which is what too many of these players give a shit about. Nobody should be caring about that. Nobody should be posting on social media. And the club certainly shouldn't be posting new merchandise and sending it to people's emails to buy anything. Why the fuck would we want to buy anything after we've just been humiliated by the other side of Manchester? Why would you be selling us stuff? Why would you be selling us any kind of new range of clothing and merchandise? And the people that fucking buy this shit and put more money in the pocket of the Glazers are the ones who are part of the fucking problem because we have too many supporters who just continue to blindly invest and throw money at this club and continue to make the Glazers richer every single day when we need these cancers out of the club. But at the same time, whilst I'm saying that about the Glazers, I'm sick of everything being blamed on the Glazers because the Glazers can't be blamed for the culture and the poor performances on the pitch. Yes, we have become a commercial marketing club and everybody's just interested in the money. And maybe that is something that bleeds down to the players and the players 
act like that as well when they realise that they are going to continuously go to the States and they're continuously posing for the latest line of merchandise. Perhaps that rubs off on the players, but they need to be better than that. They are professional footballers playing for Manchester United. They need to have some fucking pride. I don't want to see our captain crying and throwing his arms up when we're losing in the derby. And perhaps Bruno Fernandes, who often escapes criticism for me because I do think he's a top-class player, isn't fit to be the captain of the club because that's maybe just a role that's too big for him and he shouldn't be doing it because his performances haven't been good since he's been captain. And that also coincides with the fact that Harry Maguire turned to absolute shit when he was captain too. So maybe the shirt is already big enough for these players and yet it gets even bigger when you're the captain and nobody seems to be able to cope with the role. I don't know who the captain should be. I don't know what team we should start with against Newcastle. But I'm very, very worried and I'm not going to use the Glazers as an excuse. I'm not even going to use the injuries as an excuse other than to make an excuse for Eric Ten Hag. Because as I said, there has to be some reason why this manager took us into the Champions League and suddenly we are getting the results we are getting at the moment. And I'm not going to point the finger at him. I will point the finger at the players. I'll point the finger at the culture. I'll point the finger at the marketing. I'll point the finger at... At the injuries even, but I will not point the finger at Eric Ten Hag at this moment in time. I'm not going to be that trigger happy. I'm not going to be that reactive like these fucking clowns and so-called influencers that somehow have a following for some reason. People like Mark Goldbridge and others. I'm not going to be that because I know football. I know this fucking game. I've covered it on this on this show for, for nearly 10 years that have made people a lot of money through my opinion. So I'm not going to sit there and be reactive and say, oh, we need to sack another manager because what the fuck is that going to do? Who's going to be available? Who's going to be who's going to be a top manager that wants to come into this shit show and be another manager who just um, suffers and loses his reputation in the graveyard that is now Manchester United? And that's what we fucking are. We're a graveyard, and it's sad to see when you when you look at the Beckham documentary and see what Manchester United used to be. When when Eric Cantona, who who came into London this week, and me and my son were able to meet him. When you think about a player like. Eric Cantona, what Manchester United used to represent and the fact that he won't now step foot in the ground because of the because of the Glazers and, and the way that the club is is run. That that's that's a sad state of affairs. So it's a shit show, it's embarrassing, it's sad, we need a reaction. And once again, we almost say this every few weeks, Manchester United are in another must-win situation going into this game against Newcastle. Before we cover it, let me take a quick pause here to tell you guys about Hall of Fame Bets. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first months today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Moving on to this game against Newcastle. I know Newcastle have some injuries. Eddie Howe was talking about them at the weekend. Um, Newcastle dropped points at the weekend. They themselves are not having a great season either. Um, at times they've been very, very good. They have had those, um, they've had, they've had big moments that have kept their supporters happy, including a win over Paris Saint-Germain at St. James's Park. Manchester United really haven't had anything to cheer about. Even their wins so far this season have felt lucky. So at least Newcastle have shown that they have that ability to move through the gears and have shown what they look like in top gear. Manchester United supporters haven't been given that, but 
Perhaps it's something that we can look forward to on the horizon because now Manchester United have their backs up against the wall. Last year, off the back of defeats against Manchester City 6-3 and a 7-0 defeat against Liverpool, we did see better versions of Manchester United. Manchester United were good in bounce-back positions and we certainly need a bounce-back here. And it is possible against a Newcastle team who are slipping a bit and are carrying some significant injuries to go into this game. Manchester United are priced up as the 6-5 plus 120 favourites. The win is on the money line it's five to two on the draw and it's 12 to five on newcastle the qualification price for man united is four to six with newcastle priced up at five to four it's difficult to take man united as a favorite here with everything that's um, going wrong at the moment it's very hard to watch that performance at the weekend and to back manchester united here as a favorite to win this game I know that Newcastle do have some injuries going to this game, as do Man United, and I think it's very likely that Manchester United will play their strongest team. But we look so disjointed at the weekend. I can only really think that Newcastle will be able to come in at the very least force this game to go to a penalty shootout. I just don't see Manchester United beating this Newcastle team in the 90-minute period. Newcastle come into this game having lost just one of the last 10 competitive matches and they face a Man United team that are quite frankly in turmoil after that derby defeat. The hosts no longer um, are no longer formidable at home. Last year, they were very, very strong at home. This season, they've already lost four times at home, including a defeat against Galatasaray in three Premier League games. Brighton, Crystal Palace and Manchester City have all won at Old Trafford. Man United have lost seven of their 14 games so far this season and have looked in, un, have looked unconvincing in every game. Even when we've won, we've been lucky and haven't looked good. Look at that game against Wolves at the start of the season. Look at how we had to scrape past Sheffield United away from home. A team that Newcastle destroyed by eight goals to nil on their own turf while Man United scraped to a 2-1 win and needed a worldly winner from Diego Dallo. Newcastle have only lost one of their last four meetings with Manchester United, which lucky for us was the cup. But then again, that cup game has resulted in Manchester United significantly reducing their win percentage, which I think would have happened either way had we won or lost the cup final because I don't think Manchester United at the end of last season had the squad depth to bring in players and to... Um, and to compete at the same level. And that still remains the problem. The Manchester United squad isn't good enough. And again, that's something you can't blame the Glazers for because Eric Ten Hag has been back with money. I just don't understand why Manchester United have so many significant injuries. And until those players come back, you can't really judge Eric Ten Hag and you certainly can't put him up for sacking. But those players aren't going to magically reappear for this game whilst we are slowly getting a few back and perhaps we will have a proper left back in this game with Regulon starting in the position. I still cannot make any case for Manchester United. If I took Manchester United on this podcast after everything I've said about it and after witnessing that absolutely embarrassing performance on Sunday, then I would fall into the same category of the likes of Sean and Ryan who will just blindly pick the Philadelphia Eagles and will blindly pick the New York Giants on the NFL show. And aside from doing that, they are two of the best handicappers that there are of the NFL. If there's one criticism I have, it's that they do exactly that. And I won't do that. I, will, I won't and I never will just blindly take Manchester United and I won't do it today. So my selection for this game will be to take Newcastle on the double chance market to avoid a defeat at the price of 8-11. to 11. 
Um, it's unfortunate that that has to be the case because this would normally be an automatic pick on Man United. Newcastle have some injuries going into this game. It's going to be close to a full strength Manchester United lineup. Anybody with a set of balls would actually turn up in this spot and have a massive bounce back. You've let your, you've let your supporters down massively. Um, Bobby Charlton was being commemorated in that game and you didn't turn up for the derby. Maybe you turn up in the first half. At least that's what Eric Ten Hag tells us. He tells us that City and Man United had equal chances in the first half. I didn't see it. But the second half was a major, major embarrassment. They down tools, they quit and they owe their supporters a performance. But can I trust these players? Can I fuck? That's why I'm going to go against them here in this spot. I'm going to once again take Newcastle on the double chance market as my main lean. It's not a lock. It's just a lean, but it's a lean at the price of 8 to 11. And with me hoping and praying that Manchester United prove me wrong, because I'm actually going to be going to this game. I've already pre-purchased this. It is my birthday tomorrow. I'm taking my son to the game, letting him have a day off school. I was hoping to celebrate celebrate my 40th in a happy way and to watch Manchester United beating a fellow top Premier League team in the Carabao Cup that we won last season and qualifying for the quarterfinals. Instead, I'm very worried that this will actually be the worst part of my day. I think my lunch and dinner will actually provide me more satisfaction on my birthday tomorrow than watching Manchester United getting themselves knocked out the Carabao Cup. As I said, Obviously, I'm rooting against my own pick here, but everybody listens to me to make money and I cannot with a good conscience tell you to put a single dollar on Manchester United to win this game tomorrow. But as I said, and I'll say it again, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm very, very wrong. That's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening.